This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. Welcome back to the Escape Hour. I'm Tad in the studio today with me are Fiona and Paul. And we've got a special guest today. We're about to um, talk about our, our little surprise package that we've got coming in. And That's right. It should be a bit of fun. Yeah. Well, we are very lucky to have Ethan in the studio. Yeah. He is from July Luggage, which is an Australian luggage brand. Now, you know, it's a very very sexy luggage brand it, is. it looks gorgeous how long Thanks, i'm glad you'll i'm glad that we could get you into the studio <laughs> we're glad to you like it, it. <laughs> glad you like it. <laughs> we made it for you <laughs> oh, excellent well i love traveling and i love luggage i yeah, don't have enough I love of luggage. it yeah um are there many australian luggage brands there aren't too many and i think it represents our our possibly our population but uh, mm. there's a couple uh, there's been a couple of good ones over the last few years uh, but we don't want to talk about them, though. We don't want to talk about no. them. We won't mention them <laughs> by name. Um, but the biggest one is 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 the one we all sort of come have come to know, and they've actually gobbled up a lot of other brands. So you don't you don't come to realise that almost ninety percent of the market share is the larger uh, one of the larger brands out yep. there, uh, and they just dominate, and they dominate through cheap manufacturing yep. and and mass distribution, um, and so that's what we're here to change. Oh, I love it! Disruption yeah. in luggage. Yeah, and, and the luggage is made in Melbourne, is that right? Uh, it's designed in Melbourne. Designed in Melbourne, uh, okay. Made from parts all over yep. the world, German German shells. Um, in China, we've got some great Chinese partners yep. with the wheels and, and handles, uh, and then Japanese zips and components. Oh, cool. Um, so it's a, it's a global product. Yeah. So just, well, I, I've never heard of July luggage, so my apologies, Ethan, but just give Lovely. us a, a reason. Why, why is it so special? What, what's in the design that um, makes it so unique? The, the biggest thing is the design and the business model. So uh, what we... Uh, uh, that's that's definitely not it. Uh. Uh, <laughs> just saying, uh, just a, just a Google. Um, no, the biggest thing is in the business model. So uh, the entire industry is propped up on making it as cheap as possible in all travel yeah. accessories, making it as cheap as possible, and then distributing it as far as you can um, in easy to to access places. So places like uh, retail malls and, and in the airport. Uh, they want to get it as cheap as possible so that they can mark it up significantly uh, at around 85 to 90% so yep. that you can then buy it at 50% off, which is where you usually right. Right. You usually yep. walk in and you're like, oh, this Samsonite looks great. It's $800 on yeah. sale for $400. What a, what a bargain. Um, they're still making a significant amount of money on that yep. and it probably costs them around $30 to make. Wow. So. The idea is that uh, you're, you're paying $400 for, for a product that, that is definitely not worth it. Mm. Um, as a direct-to-consumer brand, we cut out all the middlemen. We, uh, uh, we, don't, we don't retail out through other, other retailers. Uh, and we do it all ourselves. So it means that we can put all the money back into manufacturing. Um, it means you're getting a significantly higher quality suitcase. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like if we were to retail through the traditional channels, it'll end up being a $1,200 case. Uh, but it's not. It's two ninety five. Yeah. Um, so it it means that we can we can just provide a higher quality, uh, better customer service, and control the entire experience. Uh, and it has quite a few special features to it. Like for example, the USB ports and the the charging ports. And the important thing to know is that a lot of times, um, you know, if you're going to check that baggage, if it has a battery, you're not allowed to check it under in, in the you know the belly of the plane. But your battery is actually removable. 
That's right. Yeah, so which I, is important. A lot of it's actually a big a big feedback point. A lot yep. of we get a lot of comments. Oh, you can't take it onto a plane. Yep. It's illegal now. Uh, what's happened since the the Samsung Galaxy saga where the phones blew yep. up? Um, what, ends, what ends up happening is anything with a battery, so a mobile phone, laptop, or in, in our case, yeah. luggage, um, it can't be can't be in cargo because if it catches on fire, the plane will go down. Yeah. Nobody can access the cargo to put it out. Whereas if it catches on fire <coughs> in, in the cabin, um, the staff can... Spark extinguishers there, yeah. Yeah, exactly, they yeah. can get to it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's just a real simple thing of you just need to take the batteries onto the plane with you. Yeah. Um, so it's anywhere you can take a phone, you can take a, you can take a bag or one of our bags. Yeah. Yeah, but you just have to take the battery out and have the battery in your carry-on. That's right, yeah. If you want to check it in, you just press it out. It's one of the features. Actually, a very interesting story. There's there's this range of of, um, this sort of uh, growth of smart luggage around three years ago uh, where they all had developed, these companies developed a a lot of luggage, um, a lot of brands around having a battery component in there, but they integrated the battery in, as as you would from a product design perspective. You would integrate those batteries in because it looks cleaner and nicer and there's no real need to take it out. Mm. Um, What ended up happening was the industry changed. The airline industry said, well, after the Samsung issue, yeah. well, there's no way we're putting these into cargo anymore. And you had these brands with around 10 containers worth of stock yeah. that they couldn't sell anymore. And they all went out of business. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of brands that survived due to, you know, they had, had you know, a lot of cash in the, in the bank. Um, but the reality is that it cleaned out most of them. So, so we've come through based on those designs and going, well, th- you know, we're not going to do that. And the lesson is, is you don't always want to be an early adopter of something. Uh, because yeah. because <laughs> that's, <laughs> true. that's true. Just uh, with a Steve Bradbury of luggage, yeah. you know, we just come through and, and <laughs> seeing everybody else fall down. I think it's wonderful that there's more Australian made, uh, Australian designed product in this particular space. I read about you guys um, are because the your your co-owner of the company has been out talking about the experience, uh, talking about the luggage as well. Um, and I was so astonished to find out more about this smart luggage yeah. with you know the batteries in it, which I never knew anything about. And I was like, why doesn't my suitcase have that? <laughs> we can upgrade you. It's yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So how long has July been running for? Uh, we've been around since... Uh, we launched formally in February. Uh, oh we, so we're very, we're very, very new. I mean, we, yep. we, we obviously we got together, started having coffees and designing the case uh, in July. Uh, that's not the reason why we called, yep. uh, why we called it that. Uh, actually, the reason, the name behind the business is actually because it's the best time of year to travel for Aussies. Uh, we wow. Found, well, around the wow. world as well. Yeah. Aussies yeah. in particular love to migrate. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you, it reminds you of Barcelona, Paul. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and everyone else is in Europe, right? So where we're, we're not. We're just <laughs> we're trying to absorb as much sun as we can here in Melbourne. But... Um, Aussies love to travel in July. It's, a, it's always a fun month to, to get away. And um, we, uh, we find ourselves uh, in that perfect little spot in the middle of the year. Christmas yep. is, is hectic and, and July is always lovely. And I guess if you're looking at a northern hemisphere, July is a very popular time. They're all, they're all on summer holidays. Yeah. All on summer yeah. holidays. Yeah. So, you know, win-win all round. Yeah, yes. Why would you want to go off to Europe this time of year? The sunshine's amazing. The food's amazing. Um, it's only a quick hop on a plane. Yeah. And you can take some great luggage with you. Why not? Oh, and look good at the airport. Absolutely. You know, that's the important thing. Uh, now, we are going to go travelling now with Aethan. We are. And where are we going? I think we're going to go to the Greek Isles. I think we're going <laughs> to the Greek Islands. Yeah. <laughs> Now, it's very Europe-themed. It, it is, is very yeah. Europe-themed. <laughs> well, I do have uh, some friends that are currently in the Greek islands and I've been watching endless, endless photographs of the blue sea and the vision of the islands on, on the on the. They are pretty media. stunning. 
They yeah. are gorgeous. Ethan, tell us about your favourite places in Greece. And you were there recently? I was there recently. I, I've um, uh, We've just had a, a kid, so I've, in the last few months have been wow. in no travel lockdown. So the, <laughs> the last place we went to uh, before uh, bef- before my wife uh, had the had the child, uh, we was Greece. We went to Mykonos, uh, and it was slow. We did a lot of the Greek islands. Yep. Uh, Mykonos was the was the, the the main destination, but actually the the magic was around the smaller places. Um, we we had so much fun in the little the little hidden islands um, and discovered some actually, actually beautiful restaurants and places. So yeah, uh, um, it really is it really is quite magic. I was in Mykonos last a year ago, May I think it was, um, and had the best time. It was first first time there. Um, it was amazing. Really liked it. And I mean, it's beautiful. The Cyclades, I think, was that group of islands. Yeah. There. I mean, it is a little slice of magic in Europe, so it is quite unique and yep. different from everything else. And you can understand, it, it feels like the land of the gods when you're there. Yeah. And it transports you back in history. And then, yeah, I think it's a stunning, yeah, stunning it's place. Very special. I mean, pretty much, where, no matter where you are, it's mm. just a view. You know, it's incredible. It's always nice. Yeah. It's always nice. And the food, there's something about that food that, uh, yeah. you know, Mediterranean food, uh, oh, yeah. not just Greece, you know, just all over mm. the region. Yep. It's actually it's stunning. It's special. It feels like you can just eat it and eat it and yeah. nothing happens. Yeah, you know? that's good. You eat and you drink and you come back <laughs> happy. It's the sunshine and the, and the salty air. The two things actually combine to make it taste yeah. different, I'm sure. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> so, Ethan, tell us about some of the smaller spaces that you discovered. There's, uh, well, I tell you, I tell you what we did. We, we, uh, a friend of mine uh, has this. Well, started this yacht renting business. Whoa! So what a okay. great gig! It's a, what a great. It's, I'm telling you now, he's geared his life to be, you know, amazing. When in retirement, he's going to live well. I think this guy, <laughs> and um, he uh, he organised for us to rent a, a boat and a skipper so that somebody actually knew what they were doing yeah, on the boat. That's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing. It's a, it's a mandatory, <laughs> some yeah. would say. And, um, and we went around the, the smaller islands and just, you know, we spent seven days stopping at little places in order to get to, to Mykonos at the end. And, um, and, and some, of the, some of the best islands, I mean, one of them in particular was called Kufinicia. Uh, which is Kufinicia. Kufinicia. Uh, I can say it more Greek if you like. Kufinicia. Kuf- <laughs> That's good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Authentic. <laughs> and there's Kato Kufinicia, which is the bottom bottom part of Kufinicia, yeah. uh, and it's uh, it's beautiful because it really is untouched, and it's one of the few places you're allowed to camp for free in Greece. And oh. um, but there's this restaurant on top of the hill. There's no electricity in the in the bottom really? part of the island. And the restaurant runs on a generator. It's the only place that, that has any kind of power. Right. Uh, they kill one animal for the night and everybody eats, eats what, what, what it's killed that night. And it, you're sitting under the stars. At midnight, they turn the lights off, but everyone still stays around. Yep. People pull out the guitars. You're drinking, uh, you're drinking this drink, which I have no idea what's in it, but it's honey and alcohol. Okay. Uh, it's called <laughs> Racomelo. And it is phenomenal because it just tastes like honey. Is it kind <clears> of like a honey mead? It could be. It could be. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's I don't, kind of like a honey mead, which is sort of like a beer style of brewing, but it's a honey mead. It, it okay. felt like I, it felt like a vodka style a spirit. Oh, yeah. yeah. okay. It felt, like, it felt spirity, but uh, let's say like twenty five percent spirit, yep. and then like seventy five percent amazing. And uh, <laughs> you know, can't and go it, wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that formula. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And I don't know where they get the, where they're getting the amazing from, but it's, it was nice. And 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 you, it's just magic memories of sitting under the stars, uh, drinking and eating. Um, yeah, and that, that that for me was grace, you know. And all yep. these little islands had something special to them, um, especially if you go at the right time. A lot of the locals, mm. 
I mean, the from my understanding, uh, the Greeks aren't big travellers. The right. Greeks from Greece now are yep. big travellers outside mm. of Greece. Um, they're preferring to go back to their villages uh, mm. and, and making those places a bit more holiday-like. Yeah. Mm. And so they're going back to the little places and making them feel more amazing. Uh, and, and it felt it, you know, you sort of step in there as this, as, a, as an outsider yeah. and you're instantly put into the world, uh, into their world of yeah. dancing and eating and yeah. having, they want to have a good time because a week later they're going back to work. Yeah. yeah. But that's the best part of a, of, a, of a holiday, really, when you can just, you know, enjoy that, the, you know, the, the smaller things. You know what I mean? Like that kind of... Um, the food, the, yeah. the music, and just well, immerse like yourself an into it. it's an uncomplicated holiday, yeah. really. Yeah. It's an uncomplicated way to uh, relax. And certainly you're not ra- racing around going to... Not that there's anything wrong with racing around going to museums no, and doing no. things like yeah. that, but it's that kind of holiday where you can immerse yourself in, in, a, in a little town or in a community and just get to know other people and get to know yourself just by chilling out. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. You mentioned quite a few islands uh, that you have visited recently in Greece. Uh, Are you a regular visitor to Greece? Because obviously you are... uh, of Greek origin, I am. I am, uh, which makes the name difficult to to say. Uh, I, I go regular. I feel like Greeks go to Greece a lot. I feel like they, you know, they're not they're not very. Um, uh, typically speaking, they're not very big explorers, or if they do, uh, they always come back. Uh, I do. I do go to Greece a bit, uh, mainly because I have yep. friends there. And, and it makes it a lot easier to go because they're always there. Um, well, the fantastic out. thing, I mean, uh, for, there, there are, of course, the endless amounts of beautiful islands to explore, established ones like Mykonos, but also discovering new islands. But, of course, Athens itself is just an incredible destination. I've only been once, but uh, we've had someone else on this program who uh, has a business where he and his partner... So he is Greek, but his partner is Australian and he lives there and they have a business um, uh, with accommodation. So it's like an Airbnb, but it's their own business. And they also renovate beautiful old homes because they find these old, beautiful Bauhaus-style apartments and things like that. And they actually have been renovating them and bringing bringing some... um, uh, unloved homes and apartments back to life and then renting them out to tourists. What in, a great business. In Athens. Yeah, what a great idea. Fantastic idea. And they really specialise in Athens as well instead of, you know, they don't do all the islands. Yeah. He was talking about the fantastic component of Athens is that uh, it's because it's been under, uh, because of the lack of eco- economic uh, growth in the area, so much of the old city has been retained um, and uh, it hasn't been swarmed with mass market brands and so it still feels like it's quite an authentic city. You definitely get that vibe from, mm. from yeah. It. yeah. Athens is a living museum, you mm. know, yeah. you, you sort of walk around and there's still old stuff everywhere. You never have to go to a museum in Athens because it's it is literally everywhere. Yeah. I think one of the one of the coolest things when they were doing the the renovations for the, for the renovations, it's <laughs> not a house. <laughs> when they were doing the build for the yeah. Olympics, um, that uh, all the when they were digging for the train stations, any artifacts that they found within that that area of the build actually were are now on display for free at all the the major city train stations um, that they built, which I thought was absolutely mm. very very cool of mm. them to do. You have to think yeah. though, no matter what they would do any kind of digging there'd always be something 
they would yeah, find just to the history it'd be you know fascinating yeah. the, the different things well when you walk around you know you're on a greek island and you're walking around the back streets and yeah. taking some little trails you can sort of see in people's yards bits of yeah. bits of like roman ruins and, Rome. and, a, yeah. and a bit of a, a, bit of a like column that. on the side yeah. here which has turned into a fence and then you've got a pot plant on it and so you yeah. can see bits and pieces everywhere and yeah. i just think that's uh quite fascinating and yeah. gorgeous all over yeah. europe all over mm. europe is like that in in southern italy southern italy in particular yeah. um they've got some beautiful ruins that they've, they've kept around um even croatia croatia's just Stunning place, oh, yeah. stunning, uh, mm. very untouched. Uh, I think nice. you hit a nail on the head earlier. You know, you're talking about the the economic crisis that that Greece has gone through in the last yeah. few years. I mean, people um, decided not to travel uh, internationally; uh, they'd leave the the borders of Greece. Yeah. And I think that's what's given it a, a rejuvenation internally because the Greeks have actually stayed at home, i.e., yeah. within the country, and gone back to their hometowns, gone back to yeah. their islands, spent the money there, invested the money yeah. in their own country, yeah. which is demonstrated. I think what you get in some of the uh, the more tourist places that are now cropping up that were probably a bit quieter, but have been rejuvenated by um, by those local communities. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's yeah. a, uh, that is actually a wonderful side effect of what was, you know, obviously a very terrible time yeah. for Greece. Greece. Where are you from in Greece? What island or part of Greece? You're from the mainland or? Mum's from, uh, from the south, dad's from the north. That's probably the easiest way to, <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to, to put that one together. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't go back. Nowhere fun, in other words. Yeah. Nowhere oh. fun. <laughs> Nowhere fun. Nowhere near as fun as, as the, the Cycladies Islands or, or anywhere around there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we don't we don't go home much. <laughs> <laughs> so the Cyclades Islands, uh, where are they sort of situated? I mean, I've only ever been to the Dodecanese, which for whatever reason I went there because I knew someone who lived there. Oh right, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, right. It's quite which cool. is a bit random, yeah. but yeah. so beautiful the, as well though. Oh, it is. Oh, it's a bit um, untouched. Yeah. not very well Stunning. visited. Yeah. I think that um, you've got Potmos, which is where St John wrote the Apocalypse. Mm. Uh, okay. And Samos is, is one of the other islands up there. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Right near Turkey. Nice, nice. I haven't, I haven't been that far. It's uh, the only part I've been to, as well right. as Athens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Athens is great. Um, the Socrates Islands are fantastic. Uh, so where are they in the, where are they? Oh, the that's scheme right. of it, things? They are on the east of, uh, east of Greece, so to the east of, uh, to the east of Athens, um, in the bottom, the bottom bit. Are they very far? Do you, you know, if you want to catch a ferry there, are they far or do most people fly? Um, you fly to Athens and you catch a ferry to, mm, yeah. to each island, um, which is definitely the easiest. The Greeks aren't the most organised, so you bring a good, a good book with you uh, so that you can, <laughs> you can read at the, at the ferry terminals while you wait. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're, all, they're sort of all inter interconnected by ferries and it's just a... Mm. Um, one, once you're... Getting there is a bit of a pain, but once you're there, yeah. it's absolutely, absolutely... But you're on holidays usually when you're travelling, so exactly. it's not that... You exactly. know, it doesn't matter really. It is for lucky you have a beer and, exactly. and, and life goes on. You'll get there. <laughs> so um, I know that, you know, when everyone uh, goes to Greece, they want to experience the fantastic Greek food. Um, in some cases, I mean, how, how have you seen in your regular trips, how, you know, has there been any kind of innovations in Greek food or how are they incorporated? Are they, you know, it's still very traditional, but what else is happening in that particular sort of area that's sort of rejuvenating 
Yeah, I, I, from a food perspective, I know Athens in particular has been quite progressive with their with their food. Um, the restaurants are, are world class, yeah. um, just without the the marketing, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, I think actually one of the best coffee baristas in the world is, is from Athens as well. So from the from a from a uh, actually the best coffee barista in the world uh, by title is, is actually in Athens. So uh, they're they're quite a progressive food nation, but they're yeah. still stuck. There's a, there's still a, a, an element of it where oh, it's just lamb chops and and um and tomatoes a yeah. grilled octopus don't and the, that. the grilled octopus yeah, yeah. spread through you know which is what everybody wants you know yeah. it's, it's, it's like with any restaurant uh, and you'd be able to tell me as well like there's a you know there's the stuff that you want to cook yeah and there's the stuff that can, people continue to order yeah and, that's right uh, you know everybody wants the blt but you know yeah, there's ten no. other things on the menu that you exactly. like that you actually enjoy to cook. And nobody will be taking the grilled octopus off of the menu anytime soon. No. Exactly, exactly. The mm. dips, the breads, all the all those things people still love. Mm. Um, but uh, from a from a progressive standpoint, you know they've evolved. Um, they've, they've, Athens in particular is such a modern city now yeah. um, that the restaurants are, are definitely world class and, and a lot more modernised. You know, maybe maybe to the detriment of some heritage, but mm. there's always an element in there. But, um, the, but I think it's a situation too where people do want simplicity in food now like you know there was a a trend toward fine dining and that you see that's starting to change now even in melbourne you know mm -hmm. but i think it's that simplicity in the the quality of the ingredients you know you want to you eat a tomato you want to taste the tomato you know and i think um you know we lose that in, in some cases um yeah i mean the, it's, it's definitely like the the economic situation we talk about the village yeah. the village style lifestyle is is a real thing and yeah. uh, they're going back to the villages and Arguably, you know, having to learn the the sort of primary production mm. processes again. Yeah. So it's things like knowing how to kill a chicken uh, live to prepare it yeah. for dinner, mm. which is something that we don't do in in the modern world. Yeah. Um, these these are these are people who are now going back to the villages, learning those old school techniques yeah. again, bringing it back and and offering it as part of their yeah. cuisine. And cheese making and all that kind of stuff that exactly. you know that we use as ingredients to create bigger dishes. But I mean, it's that simplicity of each of those special ingredients and and you know combining them with other special ingredients or the olives or the olive oil, you know, all that kind of thing. There's legacy, know. right? Yeah. Like heirloom. They're all heirloom. Heirloom exactly. seeds, heirloom... Like yeah. it's, it's all classic. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes it even more fun for anybody travelling. Yeah. Once you arrive, it's a new world. You know, you know, the you know a tomato, but yep. do you know it like this? And, and you taste the oil and you taste the legacy of the yeah. history behind all that. Um, and it's that, that's part of the flavour. That's Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's knowing that, you know, that, that makes it that, that much more special, I think. And, um... Yeah, and it's interesting too, like, you know, that, that old statistic that, um, you know, the largest Greek community outside of Athens is in Melbourne, um, which is pretty special too, you know, and, and, you know, I think we're pretty lucky from that point of view in Melbourne because we get a lot of that authentic, you know, style food, ingredient simplicity here, which, which you know, you get that you get that at home, which is which is great. Yeah, no, it's it is great. Jim's great tavern's fantastic. Yeah, still, still, yeah. still a classic. Still yeah. enjoy it. Definitely, yeah, it's good. And they have a very cute little cocktail bar out the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was at work. I was riding my horse. I was microwaving a watermelon. My iguanas escaped. There are lots of reasons why you may have missed your favourite show, but don't worry, because our podcast team has you covered. They'll work through rain, hail, and national glitter shortages to bring you the best bits of every show. Visit joy.org.au and click on the podcast tab or head to the iTunes Australia podcast store and subscribe to your favourite shows for free. Thanks to our podcasters, you'll never feel guilty about missing a show again. joy.org.au What's the most, um, I guess, uh, um, thing that people get wrong about Greece? 
in general? Good question, Ted. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of, of um, you know, maybe rhetoric, if that's the right word, you know, and, and it's just an untruth, you know. I think the the one thing, and it's a... It's a it's a tricky answer because I am Greek, yep. um, and I see it as both an Australian uh, yep. and and I can see it from as much as I can a local perspective yep. as well. Um, and the idea that that Greece can sometimes uh, it's it's divided into the Mykonoses of yep. of Greece. Uh, so you do the Mykonos, the Santorini. It's a it's a different world yeah. to what really happens to the rest of Greece. Yeah. And the rest of Greece is just as amazing, mm -hmm. and the food is is arguably better. Yeah. Um, and and the experiences are, are phenomenal as well. But there is a there is a divide as to oh Greece um, is the churches on the hill that are painted white. Yeah. Um, and you know we're going to get a donkey up to the Souvlaki joint, and and everything's going to be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're going to drink some 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 white volcanic wine, <laughs> and and call it a night. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that side, but then there's a there's a real uh, proudness of the yeah. Greek people um, on everything else, the legacy, the history, mm. um, the food, the destinations, yeah. all that still exists. Uh, but but most tourists don't get to see it. Mm. There's a lot to be proud of, though. I mean, even just to the point of being the birthplace of democracy. I mean, mm. we wouldn't have democracies, democracy mm. if it weren't for you know Greek civilization. You know, and that's, that's what that's we like huge. to say. <laughs> no, but it's true. <laughs> but it's true. You know the. Well, you know, I would like to uh, suggest that everyone reads an incredible book yep. uh, about Apollo that is uh, not a brand new book. It was put out about 2012. A fantastic book about Apollo and his uh, his love, the love of his life. Yep. And they were, uh, you know, the way the story goes, he was... His partner or his boyfriend was just uh, was a prince from another family, but yep. he was exiled, and he meets at Apollo and uh, as as children, and they develop this incredible passion and love, and it is a brilliant book. Okay, cool. So uh, I will um, actually I'll Google the name of yeah. the uh, writer. Everyone should check it out. It's a beautiful book. Oh, fascinating. Did you read this? Just like last week oh really oh, right. yeah recent okay. I just sort of came upon it on, on my uh, e in preparation for today or well <laughs> <laughs> I um, yes. and I have shared the, I have shared this with another friend of mine who is also a great reader and she uh, concurred it's a brilliant book okay right. so if everyone oh, wants to get a bit of Greek a, a fix of Greece if you can't go there for the summertime yep. we'll give it a go, do it. We'll give yeah. it a go. Well, so where do you guys like to go where, where, where was the last trip you went well, we're all travel bugs we, yeah, yeah. For me, I, the last trip I was in two weeks ago was Bali. Oh, nice. But it was quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that but the tan, uh, is it? Is that where that, that colour's yeah, coming in? Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's <laughs> nice. speeding, though. <laughs> um, but, um, but I spent the last uh, year travelling um, all over, which has been amazing. So I went to, obviously, Greece, Malta, Spain, Israel, Thailand, four trips to the United States to see my family in New York, and went to Cuba, Mexico, and around the United States. Cuba's so, cool, right? Oh, uh, yeah. it's amazing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Cuba. Um, as an American, was never allowed to, but went in on my Australian passport this time at this stage. So, got around that small issue. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's you know it's important, but it's also important to travel with nice luggage that you. It's really important to you know, travel with nice luggage. You bring it around to that, you know. You have to look good at the airport. Abs you know? Absolutely, <laughs> and you know I'm a massive fan of Carry On. I just yeah. want to travel with carry-on. I hate, I hate yeah. well, queuing. Well, big trend at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. hate queuing. And I'd rather just take less clothes and carry-on and just go in and then out. I overpack, though. That's my problem. 
pack way too much. But I think if you thought you could get a case on carry-on, you probably would reevaluate perhaps that. Because also, I know, but the the problem, line, yeah, sorry. With, with disposable clothing now, with, I mean, yeah. it's not a great thing to buy stuff just to chuck it away. No. But you can always get something at the destination you're going to. Absolutely. If you think you've forgotten something or the weather changes or yeah. you need it for a, a specific event. Um, yeah, because I used yeah. to be pretty bad. <laughs> no, I think I just chuck in as little as I can. I know. I, I don't know. With my my membership with my as a frequent flyer, you're allowed to bring like you know two suitcases, so you do yeah. it because it's you know it's not going to cost you anything. Yeah, but the problem is is that once you get to Europe, your destination, and you're tr you know changing to another airline, that's when you come into a problem mm. because usually the a lot of the airlines in Europe are lower cost ones, and and you know you get into problems with your your excess luggage and things like that. But um. Yeah, it's it is a bit of a, a a pain, but especially if you're traveling into the summer, you know, summer clothes are pretty. pretty Summer's easy. okay. You yeah. do carry on with summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Winter's winter's tough. Yeah, winter's really tough. Look, I always pack a small sort of bag that is actually a stuff sack yep. that you could fit in your carry on, and then when you go back, you just sort of stuff a few extra things in that, and then you sort of conveniently sort of put it behind your back so that they don't really see you when you're checking in, <laughs> yeah. and you try to get get on board with more than one piece. Yeah, of I have seen a jacket that acts as a bag Ooh. as well, so okay. you wear That's the clever. bag. That is, and uh, and then you can take it off, right. and it's, then it's a backpack. So, and, uh, and sometimes good. I have been known to uh, purchase, uh, pack things up, um, and ship them back to Australia if I've bought a few things. Yeah, you know, if you buy a carpet in Iran yeah. or something like that, you can actually ship things back and then still keep your carry on. I mean, that's I just think it's really yeah. smart. Well, the other thing too is, I mean, a lot of, and not so much internationally, but domestically, they're, they're really becoming strict about the carry-ons, like seven kilos. And, mm. um, Particularly the budget airlines in Australia. Yeah, like they are full on. Um, and I actually got hit because my flight to Bali was via Sydney and um, and I basically, you know, had to pay excess carry-on baggage, which was, a, which was annoying. But... Um, you know, I had 15 kilos that I was carrying on board. I think the allocation was seven. <laughs> you need the jacket but bag. Yes. <laughs> um, let's just come back to Greece again. Just if people were thinking of going over to Greece for a summer holiday, Ethan, where would you suggest perhaps they yeah. would go to get a, a real slice of summer Greek uh, holiday? Yeah, there's probably there's three islands I'd recommend. I'd stick to the to the Cyclades. Uh, there's three key islands, and then you can always eventually get to. Uh, you know, the Mykonos and the Santorini's. Um, but uh, Antiporos is one. Uh, Antiporos yeah. absolutely beautiful. Um, a lot of the uh, the Bougainvilleas, the beautiful pink flowers just crawling over everything. Everything's quite picturesque. The food's amazing. The people are great. Um, there's another one called uh, Sifnos. Okay. Sifnos is, is another fantastic place um, where I just... It's actually probably just like any other island, but I had a, quite a magical food experience there. So in my, it's, it's got a special place in my in my heart uh, where we ate under in this restaurant. It was a family restaurant. Everyone who worked there was was part of the family, uh, and we sat under probably one of the biggest pear trees I've ever seen, and it was just magic. I think that's it. That's all it is. That's it was just great. beautiful handmade food under a pear tree. It was lovely, absolutely lovely. That's great. Uh, and then and then Kufunisia, I, I would highly recommend going to to Kufunisia. Um, because it's, it's probably two years away from being uh, a very trendy place, uh, but right now it's still it's still low Untouched. key. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's very cool. And find that restaurant. I can't remember what it's called. Um, just type in Kufunisia Pear Tree. Pear, oh no, the other one. Oh, no, sorry. No, this is the no electricity <laughs> okay. one. This yeah, is yeah. the Kufunisia no electricity restaurant. Hard to find. I'm sure that's <laughs> it'll come. Up. I'm sure that's the Google term that I would use. Yeah. And uh, and it will come up and, and go and visit uh, and, and go and have some of that honey drink. 
That'd be great. That, that sounds incredible. It does. What uh, now, Ethan? What packing tips would you have? Because we we've been talking about carry on. When you travel, obviously, you know now you have a small, a little one. You'll be travelling with lots more bags. But wh- how do you? What are your I tips for, pa- for packing? <laughs> for, for packing, and, and you know how do you do it if you travel a lot? Well, before I was in the, the travel industry, I uh, I was a horrible packer. Oh, okay. I was a horrible packer. I'm a reformed packer. Uh, <laughs> I I used to just stuff it all in, um, and and take you know really the wrong combinations of things as well, you know. So I'd over index for underwear. I'd have a lot of underwear, yeah, but only one t-shirt. I don't, oh. I don't understand how that works in my <laughs> how it used to work in my head. But I'd be like, I'm going to be changing at least four pairs of underwear a day. Uh, but the t-shirt's fine. The t-shirt, I can get some mileage out of that one. Uh, so I don't know why I used to do that. And and I've I've been known to go to the shops with an empty bag, fill the bag at the shop, and then and then leave uh, straight to the airport after that. So I didn't have to do any washing. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, not not good, not good. I've since changed my ways. This is um, some good good news. I, I, I'd yeah. also love to know not only how you changed your ways, but who t- helped you change your ways. Uh, it's been it's been a mix <laughs> of things. I, I think just being more aware of the, the different ways of, of doing things, yeah. and actually caring about now whether uh, folding or rolling is uh, actually makes a difference or not. Well, who and, yeah. and and so do you fold or roll? Uh, I've, I've become a folder. I'm a folder. Oh, controversial. Yeah. yeah. I know most people are liking the role at the moment. Uh, yeah. It's very, very condo-esque to, to roll yes. things. Yeah. Um, and, and it's good. It's Rolling's really good for selection. So here's, here's my answer. It's Bump not one trend. or the other that's better in my view. Rolling's really good for a, a good idea of selection. And, um, and folding's really good to pack more volume in. Okay. I also think as well, I often roll for the edges. So you put stuff flat in the middle and then you pad stuff out around the edges just to make sure you yep. uh, secure I, that I space. I do think it needs to be a combination, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Some things need to be uh, rolled because they can and then you, you don't want to be rolling your jackets. You want to fold them, sit them mm. nicely on top. Right. Yeah, and, and some things you want to roll to keep the creases out and in plastic, mm. that helps. Oh. And the other good tip is just to stuff things inside of other things. So yeah. make sure, you know, if you're putting shoes in there, don't leave all that airspace. Fill it with socks or mm. fill it with underwear just to make sure every inch is used. So you guys yeah. all combo ro- are you combo packers? I combo, yeah. combo packer, yeah. For, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I is find it, yeah. at the end of the trip I'm, I'm rolling more because I'm on the way home and I'm like, ah, <laughs> just <laughs> get it in, get it in. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it doesn't really matter at that point. I'm just trying to squish as much. Yeah, yeah. But yep. on the way over, it was more considered. I've, I've been, I've been like shown the the new world of packing cubes. Have you? Do you guys yes, use packing I cubes? Yes, I do. Yeah. Oh no! It is, it is a game changer. It just no, makes things no, so much nicer. Is it wrong to use a packing cubes? No, it's oh. just that I've, I I just haven't actually. I mean, I've only just oh, discovered packing cubes no, just lately. Yeah, they're great, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a new world thing. Yeah. It is. Uh, it so keeps everything organised. So, how many packing cubes might you use in one uh, suitcase? You, you want to use four to six, I think. I one for eight. the shoes. Like you, you, t- uh, there's a, you usually do it, right? So you, all your toiletries mm-hmm. are in a bag and then your shoes are typically yeah. in a bag and then maybe like a nice top or something's in a bag. So you're kind of half doing it anyway. So if you just if you formalise everything else yep. into cubes as well, it uh, it's a game changer. Yeah, wow. I categorise mine. Oh, wow, really? that's, that's yeah. new yeah. for me, actually. Wow. I do. <laughs> I've heard, of, I've heard <laughs> of these things but never really knew what they were for. 
Really? Yeah. Does July um, sell? Great. Yeah. Do you do you have they're a good. cubes? Not yet. Not yet. But, but you're going to bring we, in we, cubes. Well, just because they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. Do they, are they va- they're not vacuum sealed though. They're not vacuum sealed. No. Okay. No, not vacuum sealed. Because then you'd it's need not a, a bad vacuum. idea actually. Yeah. Well, it's then you'd need your own little mini vacuum cleaner, and that would take up extra space. <laughs> oh and no, it's not back know. sort of cube. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But no. what if you did a little hand? You know. Oh, a hand pump. Hand pump one. There's going to be enough for that, isn't there? You plug something in. Yeah, you could plug. I'm heading to the factory right now. Yeah. We're going to get this made. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. We were talking just before the break about um, those luggage cubes that you can get as well as part of your luggage um, paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if, you, if it's ever happened to you guys. It has happened to me in the past where you're waiting for your luggage on the carousel and all of a sudden you see one of your pairs of socks going by <laughs> and then something else that's yours and you're like, hang on a second. That has happened to me. Those cubes actually help for that to not happen because a whole cube's not going to come out. And if it does, at least it's all contained, you know? (laughs) Very true. Very true. (laughs) So, yeah, that's where that lost sock gets to. Yeah, that's right. I've lost dignity on the the carousel. I don't think I've lost luggage. (laughs) No, you don't want to lose lose anything, you know? (laughs) You know, I guess I've been really lucky. I don't think I've ever had a piece of luggage lost by an airline. Touch wood. As, yeah, touch wood. Here's some right here. It doesn't happen happen too much. It doesn't happen too often, rather. No. But it's when rare. it does, it pisses it, you off. Yeah, exactly. I could you not even it. imagine what would happen. I'd be, like, devastated. Uh, I, I don't know what I'd do. I mean... It, it's happened a, a, f- a fair bit to me. Um, and it happened when I went into Israel, and it was gone for 48 hours. Um, and it was a whole other story, which I'll, we'll do in another show, because it was... Um, I was security checked and security checked and detained on the way into Israel. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But it was annoying. And 48 hours later, my luggage arrived. And, um, yeah, it was there. Things were stolen out of it, you know, and, and oh, unfortunately. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. It was in Bangkok that that that, that it happened. Crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I got it back. The airline did the right things and um, it was great, it was but it was there. just a bit of a nightmare. It's really. just a hassle. It's happened to me once, but yeah. it's just, you, you need the things that are there. You need yeah. your toothbrush. You feel violated. Yeah, you just don't like, Where's your stuff? Yeah, you it's know? just yeah. annoying. My, the last people it happened to that I know were my cousins and they're twins. And oh. so one one lost the bag, and and basically it's just like, well, I'm, I'm taking your stuff, yeah. <laughs> and everything worked yeah. out. But you know, that's why it's important to to have an inventory of what's in your suitcase. I do that now wherever I travel. I have a complete inventory of what's in that suitcase, um, so that if I need to make a claim on the insurance, it's easier to do that. And that's why it's important to keep receipts for for the the higher value you stuff. You sound very organized. You have to be. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to be. So You, you heard um, it first here from yeah, a travel expert. That's it, yeah. Tad's had a lot of experience with that <laughs> lately. <laughs> so next week we will be yes. going to Sri Lanka. Exciting. So Ooh. that will be really, really fun. Yeah. Um, and so, Ethan, I just want to say a big, massive thank you for coming yes. in. Yes, uh, I think that we've tuned and turned some people onto July Luggage, even if they were too crazy oh, to win it. That's we right. Win. And, Paul, thank you for helping us out You're today. You're very welcome. It's, uh, it was thank enjoyable you. to be here today. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks, thank guys. you, Fiona, always. Oh, no worries. I'm not here next week. I'll be in Brisbane, but um, I'll be here for the following week. All right, great. Well, thanks, everyone. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.